Hey there, Fellowship family. Welcome to your one-stop shop for all things church life. I'm Mark Francis, once again, your host for today. And I'm excited to dig into a specific ministry here at our church that sometimes goes a little unnoticed and um, not communicated very clearly or very loudly, but it is very beneficial. And I'm going to introduce a couple guys um, to my right and left, and I'll explain what that means in just a second. But to my left, your audience watching at home right, Pastor Dave Compton. How are you? I'm doing great. Give us your official title, Pastor of... Pastor of Seniors and Congregational Care. Combined. Combined. So those that uh, have been around church for a while, uh, Rich Brito was pastor of um, care, I think, uh, before he just retired a couple of years ago. And then Jerry Harpool was our part-time pastor of seniors. So mm-hmm. those two guys, we the elders finally let them re, uh, retire. And so when they left the church and retired, uh, they combined those two positions and, and here I am. And they said that you care for people and you're a senior. Yes, right. I guess yeah. that's a qualification. <laughs> yeah. Well, good. You hear him already. This is Dale Zilke. You have been a member of our church for a very long time. Since 96. So give us kind of your role here at FBC. Yeah, so my role is the deacon who really oversees benevolence. Mm. So, I mean, for the most part, I administer the process. So if somebody has a request, you know, someone's got to write the check, somebody's got to get the approvals, talk to the elders when the elders, you know, consult with Dave around maybe bigger needs and congregational care that result from the request for benevolence. Hmm. But, you know, in terms of overseeing the process, I pretty much just handle that and make sure that it's on a month-to-month basis it's done. And as a deacon, yes. there, there's a numerous number of you guys, and yes. you kind of have these specific hats and this, these roles yes. that deacons fill. And Dave, yeah. you're yeah. part of that process right. as well. Right, yeah. Dale and a couple other guys on the deacon board uh, kind of help with benevolence. And then the other guys help with more physical needs. But Dale mm-hmm. is the go-to guy for making the making our benevolence program run. Well, we've <clears throat> used that word many times already, benevolence. That's what we're here to chat about today. And just to give a quick little setup, several weeks ago we had a fellowship family meeting, otherwise known as, uh, formerly known as the congregational meetings. And... Um, Dale, you were up there with John Van Drunen and Bob Hess, mm-hmm. and we touched on a lot of things that night, and we gave a quick three-minute kind of summary of benevolence at FBC. And some of the feedback that we got was, man, th- there is something that I didn't know about, and it would have been really nice to dig deeper into that. And so here we are. Gentlemen, we mm-hmm. get a chance to dig yeah. a little bit deeper to give more attention to that that we really couldn't have that night. So... Um, Let's just start with just the big picture overview. Um, I'm going to first of all reference a a former episode that we did um, last fall um, on August, no, sorry, October 14th, episode number 78 here for the Fellowship Family podcast. It was a conversation that I had with John Van Drunen and Bob Hess. It's labeled Finance Ministry. And so from there, I would suggest that's a starting point, that's a launching point for where we're going to go here today with benevolence. I would, if you haven't listened to that, I would suggest you go back and check that out because it really launches the idea of giving mm-hmm. and where we are as a church and a heart for um, how, to, how to best use our finances. Mm-hmm. And so you guys are at, this, at the core of this, with, which is why, Dale, you were up there on yeah. that fellowship meeting with Bob Hess mm-hmm. and with John Van Drunen. So the word benevolence, 
Um, it's kind of a big word. Let's just unpack that to start with. So I'll turn to either one of you guys. Well, Give us a quick definition yeah, of what that well, looks like. I'm not sure if I'm the Webster's expert here on the definition, but I think our discussion is timely because as we're going through the book of Acts, mm. you know, the early church was all about caring for each other mm -hmm. and taking care of each other and meeting, meeting the needs of the widows or meeting, meeting the needs of uh, the early believers. And people in that first church were selling property and giving it to the apostles to distribute as they needed. And that's kind of where the whole concept comes from. And that's kind of uh, why we do what we do, because mm -hmm. we are we want to take care of of uh, of each other within the confines of, of our congregation. It's neat to refer back to Acts and the early church and how it is very, let's take care of our own yeah. and see how can we meet the needs of our body. But it does go even beyond that. Uh, you know, so talk to us about how over the years you've seen benevolence ministry in our church really play out, Dale. Yeah, so for the most part, the focus of benevolence in FBC has been to help people who have limited resources get through a period of time, a rough stretch, mm -hmm. where they can't make their ends meet. They may mm -hmm. have... Mm -hmm. You know, normally have their budget in order. They've got jobs. In some cases, they've lost a job, but mm -hmm. there's a period of time that we need to come alongside them to help them get through this period and get back on their feet uh, successfully. And that's done, uh, you know, so that's part of that financial discussion, you know, that we actually are part of the church's finances, but we're not part of the general giving. It's, mm. You know, kind of an interesting part uh, where is it, going to the past, mm -hmm. we used to have, what, once a month on Communion Sunday, we mm -hmm. would hand out the benevolence envelopes. And Back in the days of actual bulletins, yes. right? paper yeah. that were being paper handed stuff. out. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's many things that would be stuffed in those bulletins. <laughs> yes. And, yeah. And, yeah. And it would get very confusing and which week would be which stuffing, right? Correct. <laughs> I, I'm not a fan of paper, by the way, yeah. full disclosure. Maybe one so of the benefits of COVID. I'm excited yeah, about actually, going digital, yeah, but yeah. yes, there is there is benefit to actually touching and seeing something. I get that. So that that's probably where the pattern was set for, in a lot of people's minds, for uh, giving to benevolence and the awareness that there was a benevolence account, a checkbook mm -hmm. uh, within the church financial assets that can be used uh, to help out people within the church, primarily members and attenders. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, and we can get into the discussion of how you, you know, kind of activate that pro process, but. Uh, yeah, put a pause on that, because you said yeah. a couple of key things that I just wanted to highlight. First of all, what you're saying is primarily for our own body. Mm -hmm. Yes, for our members, for our attendees. And then you also said it's for a period of time. And so, you know, for somebody who is in specific financial need um, for a period of time, so this is not like handouts for all time that you're getting vouchers, you know, with food stamps no, for, forever. That there is this, there, there is this, there's finite period that that I'm sure you guys are wrestling with mm -hmm. on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. So what what goes into that deciding factor? Because I think that's part of the conversation as well. Yeah, so typically uh, it starts when we get a request, either from another member in the church that would say, hey, we think somebody could use some help over here. Uh, we'll actually ask that person to 
talk to the person they're thinking about mm. to get permission to mm. even start this discussion. But we typically then sit down with the person who might have the need and try to define what the situation is, get the backstory, uh, because there might be more congregational uh, care Mm -hmm. issues that we might be able to address, not just money, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. then we start getting a sense, is this uh, a short-term situation due to job loss, uh, health issue, uh, did the car just right. conk out? Car breaks down, now, the furnace breaks um, down, you know. Is it a, yeah. and sometimes it's a person who passed away and doesn't have any other family in the area, and we're talking about funeral expenses or something. So we we do take a look and try to define what the time frame is and be honest with you, and then we try to stay flexible mm -hmm. depending upon the situation of the person. We don't necessarily want to be hard and fast on, well, you know, after three months, we're done. Right. Well, we have to see mm -hmm. how the situation has changed. Is the person... You know, taking all the steps that they can to kind of address the situation, things like that. Mm. So but, what kind of discipleship happens when you're working with somebody like that through a temporary period of building them up, yes, financially, but then also spiritually? Yeah, like Dale even mentioned, you know, the, the car breaks down or they lose their job and the, the money and the finances is one thing, but a lot of times that might cause the stress or the anxiety or, mm -hmm. you know, the emotional uh, problems of not having those financial resources. And then that gives us an opportunity to minister to them in more congregational ways outside of the, uh, outside of the bank or the checkbook. And so whether that person would benefit from a Stephen minister or, mm -hmm. uh, by the way, the, the community groups play a, a big, big mm -hmm. part. So yeah. how, boy, the community groups really have stepped up big time in mm -hmm. the past and not only helping them out with their physical and financial needs, but how are they doing in their walk with the Lord? Mm -hmm. And uh, can a community group come alongside of them during that period as well? If they're not in that community group, then that gives us an opportunity to connect them with maybe a Stephen minister or somebody else in a church that is maybe has walked down that path prior and uh, know what it's like and mm. can really give them some good support. Mm. And, it, and you mentioned that sometimes it's somebody who reaches out to the church on behalf of someone mm -hmm. else. So that's where community group being eyes and ears to the pulse of the body as a whole, because maybe somebody's not going to reach out on their own, wave their hand, be like, hey, I have a need here. Right. You know, so there's going to be the opportunity that just having relationships with others is helpful. And I think that's in, the in key word in community is relationships, because in those early discussions, uh, I know that I am assessing what kind of relationships do you have within the church with other believers to weather this storm? Mm -hmm. uh, dollars are one thing that mm -hmm. always helps, but it's the body of Christ that makes the difference in helping another believer, a brother or sister in Christ to get through hmm. this period of time. And, uh, you know, writing a check without the relationships mm -hmm. really is very short-sighted on our part. Sure. Well, and it's helpful to know that you guys are wrestling with this on a regular basis behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And it's not just throwing money out and just trying to appease people. Yeah. Um, and that's that's wisdom and it's biblical. Yes. And yes. so there's, there's an approach that yes, as a community group leader or as somebody in relationship with somebody where you're, you're having your, your ears and your eyes out to those who might have need mm -hmm. that you can trust 
that person with making the phone call to the church yeah. and saying, okay, yes, and, and I would you guys add, are involved. You know, with a community group, um, we, our community groups are just awesome. And they do so many things that we're not even aware of. But I think this is an opportunity for us to let those community group leaders know that they're not always on their own. You know, if they, mm-hmm. the community group is helping out and helping out, but mm-hmm. let us know if mm-hmm. we can help you help out mm-hmm. or give yeah. some additional help. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's an additional kind of link that we have with, with the community group. So we're there to help them out. So one other thing you <clears throat> mentioned several minutes ago, Dale, that I wanted to come back to. You said that this is a separate fund outside of the general giving of FBC. Mm-hmm. So just to summarize our, our giving at FBC, you know, there's a big general kitty <clears throat> of money and 20% of that goes to missions and then a bunch of it goes to the building expenses and payroll and utilities and you name it, all the other things. And it, we come out where thankfully, and God has blessed us over the last mm-hmm. many years that there's not a negative mm-hmm. trend. And that was part of the report at the fellowship family meeting that we are doing well where we can afford some of these improvements that you see around the church. Mm-hmm. But this is benevolence that we're talking about is outside of that fund. Right. So walk us through what that looks like, Dave, and kind of, by the way, you've been an elder yeah. as well before you were in this role. So you've yeah. kind of seen both sides of the elder leadership and kind of the decision-making process that goes there, and now being the boots on the ground with the care. How are we taking that extra money and then saying, okay, that's going to benevolence? Yeah. Well, uh, we... We don't, we don't have to make that decision on taking extra money and giving it to benevolence because when the money comes in, it's designated for benevolence. People are basically designating <clears throat> their giving to benevolence. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's earmarked. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it, it goes into the benevolence fund. And um, going back many, many years, I think people have been very diligent and, and um, committed to, whether it's monthly or annually or whatever you know giving a uh, an amount to just the the benevolence fund and that's where mm. it goes so what's the state of the union right now with that i mean it's because part of this conversation is it has not been publicized as much mm-hmm. as it has with that paper trail that we you talked about before the digital age yeah. of an envelope and a bulletin right yeah so what is the what is the kind of current uh without giving dollars and cents, how is the giving happening right now? Is it uh, strong? Yeah. So every month, uh, w- w- you know, they'll give a deposit. I'll get notice that I need to enter into QuickBooks. <laughs> yes. But, uh, and it's consistent. Uh, however, at Christmas time, we usually get a spike. Hmm. It's, it's, it's consistent across the other months. And then right at Christmas time, we'll get a spike, uh, sometimes greater than others. But uh, for the most part, but it seems to be there's a core of people that developed that uh, discipline yeah. early on. Mm-hmm. And they, I, I won't say it's exclusively some of the older members, but I think there's probably where the vast majority that have that uh, you know, spiritual habit now of giving yeah. to benevolence uh so i wouldn't say that i've seen it decrease but my suspicion would be is that maybe in the future we might see it start to tail off Mm. because you know as we generally generationally turn over in the church Mm. that could happen so i do think it's important not that we need the money god has blessed us with everything we need to meet the needs of the congregation and also give generously to the community when we have an excess. Um, 
But I think there's something to be said about developing a spirit of generosity. And now, and I guess for the younger generation coming in, however you want to define that, I think that's really what I'd like to kind of lay out there as a challenge yeah. is just mm -hmm. say, now you may be giving to all sorts of benevolent activities mm -hmm. and I don't see that mm -hmm. and that's okay. But that would be probably the thing that I would have in the back of my mind that mm -hmm. I'd be a bit concerned about to make sure that uh, we are able to sustain this at the level that God wants us to. Yeah, It's younger generation, but it's also newer generation to FBC. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, we've seen COVID really shake up the who is attending and it's God has just been so great to see mm -hmm. how yeah. Easter services, you know, we're almost at the exact same yeah. maxed out numbers that we've been ever in the yeah. history yeah. of FBC. And and so if you're watching and listening and you're newer to FBC over the last couple of years and you haven't been exposed to this, this is just an awareness. Yeah. Because you're Dale, you're right. I mean, there are plenty of other really great ministries here in town locally that we yeah. support and are affiliated with mm -hmm. that you could give to or nationally. Um, but there's something about the heart of what God laid out in the book of Acts with the early church yeah. of taking care of your own right. and internally here at FBC to know that there is this extra level of giving that can occur through earmarking <laughs> benevolence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. so I think that this is a, a neat challenge to us, especially in this day and age where yeah, things are just turbulent uh, financially, yeah. and, and where do we stand? Yeah, uh, there have been times where members have said um, either, you know, God laid, laid, up, laid it on my heart, or I had a, uh, an excess um, check or a bonus mm -hmm. check come mm -hmm. through, and like, you know, I really felt like I, I wanted to give part of this to not just the church, but to the benevolence fund, or you know, uh, even property or a car or whatever. I mean, they, they, they've done that in the past as yeah. well. But um, it really uh, is just a, another way for people to, to bless somebody else. Mm. Matter of fact, there's, we've had folks say, hey, I want to make a contribution to uh, the Benevolence Fund. I want it to be as anonymous as possible. And maybe we've even uh, <clears throat> sent out an alert that there's a, a family that needs some help. They'll say, I want to take care of that family, but I don't want them to know that I did it, you know, mm. and they can... Uh, we can help make that happen. Hmm. So, Give us, just as we're wrapping this up, it's always encouraging to hear stories. So just share one quick little story that comes to mind of over the years, how the Benevolence Fund has impacted a person or a family and what you, see, what you saw God do through that. Anything jump out at you? Well, one that actually was a little bit different was, you know, we, we do uh, Christmas uh checks every year and that's done at we try to find people in the congregation that aren't necessarily uh in financial straits but maybe uh were aware that a little bit extra money could help them at that time of year and we had one family who got the check who called me back up and said we really don't need this can i send it back to you and i said you know what I, I would like you to actually find somebody else that you could bless with this money and uh, because we really don't need it back. And, <laughs> and they came back later and said, 
that was the greatest fun we've had in quite a while, trying to figure out who we could help with this money we were given. And I, you know, so it was interesting to see that blessing kind of be passed on. Um, in other cases, we've helped people that uh, literally are struggling with health issues or they, their roof is failing on their house or something and they just don't have the resources to deal with it. And if something isn't done, uh, they may be out of their home. Yeah. So um, it's just great to see how we can step in with uh, uh, usually a broader number of people to kind of help specify what roof to get and how to deal with it. And then really engage the person to find out the other parts of their life, uh, maybe where they need some help. Hmm. So, I mean, I think it's a kind of a, uh, it opens the door to whatever uh, care that we could provide beyond just the check. And mm -hmm. we've had a couple of cases of that where hmm. the person has really been impacted um, and we get cards, you know, mm, back yeah. thank you cards yeah. and, uh, you know, I'll, uh, I'll uh, make digital copies of those and then send them around so we can all see the kind of feedback we get. But, mm. but the thing I, I guess I leave with folks in that case, I said, it's, I, I appreciate you thanking, you know, me, but I said, you're really thanking the church. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's really FBC uh, congregation generosity that has allowed us to help you in this situation. Mm. And it's because your brothers and sisters in Christ love you mm. that, yeah. that we're able to do this. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. um, so, and we've had, you know, varying, you know, responses. Some, sometimes we help somebody and we don't get a lot of feedback, you know, for whatever reason, but then there's a lot of times where, you can really tell that uh, it has impacted them spiritually mm -hmm. to know that mm -hmm. uh, you know the body is there for them. That's neat. Yeah. Any any specific one story stand out to you? Well, I just think of the the folks that uh, uh, lost a loved one and just mm -hmm. had mm -hmm. very limited resources to help with funeral expenses, and here you have someone that's in just an emotional time for them, and so many things going at them at the same time in dealing with the funeral and uh, we were just able to help out and take care of one of those parts of those expenses and you know it, it brings them to tears mm. and it's you know again it's just it's what the church is supposed to be about yeah and it's it's great to be able to be a part of that um, but again it's um, uh, I, I wish there was a way that uh, the the people in the church can know that they are blessing people oh yeah you know we, yeah. we're like the undercover guys yeah you know right? we, we help agents. out and yeah. and uh, but a, a lot of people in the church need to know that they are doing the work of, of the church mm. you know, that's through, cool through benevolence and yeah. the other blessing part that i would say comes is the, the when other people from the church come on someone else's behalf and will say hey i've noticed this um is there a way we could help them out? And then we start this conversation about, well, let's, you know, go engage them. The fact that other people in, uh, just in the congregation or in ministry or are looking out for each other, community groups is great. I mean, there's kind of a, I think levels of support that we talk about, you know, that we really do want to see family step in to help mm -hmm. family, mm -hmm. community groups step in to yep. help community groups. Yep. But, 
We also want to let people know that benevolence is there to help step in when that's not adequate enough mm. um, because sometimes the burdens get to be pretty pretty great. But yeah. it's just seeing the other uh, believers uh, coming alongside and advocating for another yeah. person is, is really mm-hmm. uh, encouraging. That is a great point, yeah. that it starts in the home. Can families help each other out? Yeah. Right. Then yeah. can your community and your circle around you yeah. help you out? And yeah. then to the church level. Um, well, we've talked about almost kind of two categories of people here, but let's just summarize and, and just recap what we're talking about. If you are somebody who is in need or you know someone who is in need, um, especially like we're talking finances, um, health, something that they're struggling with, what should that person do? Yeah. So the first thing would be uh, if you're the person in need or you're advocating for somebody, the first step of the process uh, is to fill out a benevolence intake form. Okay. It gives us some basic ideas on what you think your need is, your basic situation. It gives me an email address and a phone number so I can start contacting. Mm-hmm. It also indicates that that person has given permission to start this conversation, yeah. that we're okay. not intruding upon their privacy uh, or pushing something maybe that they're not wanting. Mm-hmm. Um, but once that starts, then we start assessing, uh, you know, okay, um, let's kind of look at, you know, how long you might need some help, what kind of help you need. And, and we typically pay bills for people. We don't hand people a check mm, or cash. Mm-hmm. So we will say, okay, if you need help with your mortgage for a month or two, uh, while you're getting through this period of time, uh, we'll need to know who your mortgage uh, holder is, mm-hmm. and then we'll write a check. Mm-hmm. Or maybe if it's a medical bill or something like that. Utilities. Utilities. Yeah. Uh, so we've done a number of things like that. But it starts with that benevolence intake form. And you do have to kind of lay out. There's some questions on there, and they're not uh, terribly intrusive. They're, but they do get some of the facts out on the table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and that's helpful because then I've at least got a little bit of a basis when I start the discussion that, you know, I, I know what to pray about ahead of time before I, I call the person up. And where do we find that form? Is that something that... So that's an electronic has? form that typically Dave would have access to, Deborah Clark would have access to. Um, and we typically keep that form within the church because that's something that only uh, members and attenders should be using. Um to request because that's there's there is a small process that we go for uh we help some people outside the church through our advocate agencies but that's a separate process okay. that we don't probably Good. need to talk so about contact dave dave yep. c yeah. at fbcva yep. or deborah or c church. at yep. fbcva.org yep. so that's yeah. where you'd be going for that segment two if this conversation is spurring in your heart to be like wow i didn't realize this was even an opportunity for me I feel that God is calling me to give above and beyond just to the general funds. Now, what do we do? How, how do how does this person who is being spurred on to how do they contribute an earmark mm-hmm. to benevolence? What does that look like? I think there's several paths, if I recall correctly, that you can do it online and uh, earmark it on your online. I'm not certain exactly how you do that. Put in the memo. Put something the memo. Okay. okay. Yep. Uh, or if you're writing a check, 
actual paper copy, mm -hmm. <laughs> you you put it in the memo column. That's for for benevolence and. Uh, because when you're online and you're on the online giving page, there's a, a fund drop down yeah. menu box. It just says general giving, benevolence is one of the drop down mm -hmm. menus there. Yeah. So you can it you can pretty find drop down right. pretty yeah. easily pretty there. Easy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that that I, that I think covers a lot of the easy steps that we want to look at and talk about today. You know, as Again, as I'm hearing you guys talk, it spurs in my heart of like, wow, you know, this is just an opportunity that God can use me to, to bless others. Yeah. Or if there is a time that comes in my life where I have that need, man, the church is here. Yeah. Um, and right. it's neat to, to see that come to life. And it's neat to hear stories of what mm -hmm. God is doing around the church that sometimes is the secret agent mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, know, and I, behind the scenes yeah. Um, yeah. ministry. And I do want to stress that we are very confidential about that. Mm -hmm. So you won't hear us use names. We, we <laughs> only people that need to know, know, right. because we do want to uh, just make sure that we protect people's dignity yep. in the whole process. Because sometimes that is uh, almost a deterrent from mm. seeking help. And mm. we really do want to encourage people to seek help if, if they need it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Dave, Dale, thank you so much for being here. Um, your wealth of knowledge, and thank you for what you guys do also here at the church behind the scenes and uh, just caring for the body in that way. Well, if you want to be a part of um, ongoing conversations in our podcast, go to our show notes where you can type in different details, contact either one of these guys as well. Just uh, again, you heard some of the contact information of what you can do for benevolence here at FBC. And we still want to hear from you, you know, so if you have stories of what God is doing in your world, in your life, We'd love to have you participate in this podcast as well. So thank you guys so much for watching and listening each week, each time we release these episodes. I'm excited to what God's going to be sharing with us here in the next several months to come. So until we do chat again, let Christ be the focus of our lives each and every day. Mm -hmm.